Dark and Vader. there's Michael. Did you hear that? Start waiting? No. Yeah, start waiting. Hold on, I'm going to turn Safari up because that's something you can do with a tool that Demasi and I really don't talk much about called SoundSource. SoundSource is amazing. Yes, sir, it is. I want to get a controller that would let me map SoundSource to sliders. Ooh. Ooh, that would uh-huh. be handy. Yeah. But 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 it's got to be smaller than the Soundcraft because I bet you can do it with the Soundcraft, can't you? Mm, I mean, yes and no. Mm. Uh, I mean, you could hack it together, but what you're what you're wanting is something that I wouldn't mind having either, which sounds like one of these fancy control surfaces yep. with the motorized faders and all of that. Uh, but yeah, map it so that if I use these, you know, set of sliders, they're controlling sound source uh, controls. I will reach out to someone on Mastodon or post about it on Mastodon because that would be nice. It would be. Hey, are you recording? Yep. So one thing I learned about recording with CleanFeed, and it's not an issue, and I'm going to ask you a question from Darcy on Mastodon, and you may or may not have an answer or a solution to it. But if you start recording and you're in clean feed for 20 minutes and then I come in, your recording is 20 minutes longer than my recording. Ah, so it's not a problem. It, it does make sense, but it's not a problem when you figure out what's going on. If you don't know what's going on and you're like, Oh, I remember that conversation. We're talking to each other. Like we opened last week's episode, you know, Hey, can you hear me? The music, all that type of stuff. And it all kind of naturally sounded and then good. And then I realized, huh, why would I keep talking while he was talking about that? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I had to use Reaper's nudge dialogue to nudge things around. And uh, so the question that I have for you is my natural thing was, all right, there's numbers here. I'm going to go look at the length of Demasi's file and then the length of my file and then subtract my file from Demasi's file. And then I nudge my item that amount. Mm-hmm. which makes sense but i swear i had to press vo down arrow 500 times to get to the freaking time in the info of the file um do you know what i'm talking about so in column view if you press vo right arrow past the file you get the title and then you can press vo down it gives you like the artist and the size and the duration uh, like a long ways down there so my so- solution temporary solution was to hit space bar grab the time out of quick look, but I'm like, there, this is Mac OS. There's got to be a way to possibly reorganize that. Possibly. I haven't really screwed around with that too much. Why not just import them into Reaper and then get the time of each track and do the subtraction that way and then nudge your, your, your track or have Reaper do the math for me. If there's a way to do that, that would be kind of cool. I mean, that, that, that's another thing too. So if you are listening and I'm going to tag you, or you, or someone else who knows Reaper, and say, if you're listening and you know how to automate that, let's talk, because that would be awesome. Well, yeah, that makes sense, because you're not, your track is not showing up here until you actually drop in, so if I'm in seven minutes before you get here, then there's seven minutes of my audio yep. that, you know, there's no Michael. Yep. Now, if if you're recording with Zoom and multi-track, so people know, Zoom, I assume, adds silence to the track. I'm, I'm not actually sure how they do that. And that's not for me to know. What is for me to know is that in Reaper, they all line up no matter when you come in. So it's just a different way of working. And that's, let's talk about that, Demasi. Do you have to know everything about what you do? 
<laughs> I don't think so. Like, I, I don't even think it's really possible uh, to know everything about, e- even if you focus on a specific area. So let's just say I focus strictly on WordPress and nothing else. Like, I didn't care about hosting. I paid somebody else to deal with the hosting troubles, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. I didn't know anything about servers, you know, or knew as little as I possibly could, and everything was WordPress. Even then, there are going to be things that I would not know. Uh, and I'm giving this from the perspective of if I would have stuck with computer programming or stuck with web development when I made my first HTML website in like 97, right? if I would have stuck mm-hmm. with that, it was horrible for screen reader users. Mm-hmm. Back then. Like the tools were not great. The web itself wasn't necessarily super great. Internet was crazy expensive. All of these things is the reason I did not continue on with this path. You, you can only make so many HTML pages locally on Windows 95 and then, you know, not be able to do anything with them before you're like, okay, whatever, man, I'm going outside and, you know, talk to girls. <laughs> this crap is boring. Yes. Yes. That was my distraction around that time too. <laughs> but even had I stuck with it, learned PHP, been doing WordPress development since 04 when Matt, you know, and, and, and those guys initially released WordPress. There still would be things I did not know simply because things change. Mm -hmm. PHP changes. There are ideas that I wouldn't have, uh, you know, as a programmer. And, you know, minds think of different ways of solving problems. Uh, You know, like there's a lot of things that, that Laravel, for example, brings to the table that WordPress just did not incorporate mostly because when Matt started WordPress, like that was not a thing. That was not a thing you could do on the internet or it wasn't anything that anybody wanted to do. Uh, so no, I don't think you have to, or even it's possible for you to know everything about, you know, your area of work. What I think is most important. And this is, I, I heard Allison Sheridan actually say this. She's the first person that explained why college exists. Okay. I don't think I've heard uh, this, and 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 I'm chatting with Allison in, in a couple of days. So this is oh, this, this was years ago. Ah. She said this, uh, and I can't remember if it was a conversation she was having with Bart or if she was having it with somebody else. But she was having this conversation with somebody, and what she essentially said, and I am paraphrasing. It may not be exactly what she said, but right. I'm paraphrasing what she said, which is. College is there. The reason people go to college or go to university is so that you can learn how to learn. Huh. And what that meant, and she kind of went into a more of an explanation, but this is kind of my version of that is a lot of people, you come out of high school, you come out of school, like, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, here in the U.S. at least. Let let me start there. Here in the U.S. at least, the way that this kind of works from my perspective is you get a lot of repeat repetition, right? We go over something in class, you go over it, you go over it, you go over it, and then you take a quiz, right? So it's basically, if you can remember, and honestly, as a kid that could not see, I uh, had very bad vision growing up. I could read super large print. My eyes would get tired, et cetera, et cetera. So having a good memory served me well because I could recall information from history and then be able to answer the questions on the test. Do I know any of that stuff today? No. Nope. Nope, but you could pass the test. When but you I can pass the test when I needed weeks. to pass the test. Right. Yeah. Right. I can retain that information long enough to pass the test, which is why I made it out of school on time without any any problems because I could retain information and I, you know, was decent at that. What I took from the college thing is a lot of people don't know how to research, and it's not yes. just research, but I'm kind of simplifying on it. Like a lot of people don't know how to research. So let's say you want to know how to build a table. Mm-hmm. Most people wouldn't know where to start 
if they've never built a table, right? right. And you can't just jump on YouTube and be like, oh, well, they're going to show me how to build a table. Like, no, you have to have some knowledge of building, of woodworking and, and building something before you're going to be, because you got to know about the tools and all of that. I took away from her statement and her explanation that college is there to teach people how to learn new things. Mm-hmm. So you learn in college how to go perform good research in order to educate yourself about a thing so you can write a paper. That's that's probably why they have so many large 15 to 25 page papers uh, for a lot of college classes, especially once you get out of your, your, your core stuff and start getting to your major is because what you're learning is how to learn, how to teach yourself things. Right. Mm-hmm. And the professor is primarily there to Affirm what you are doing or to steer you in a different direction is kind of my thing, right? For a lot of us, we don't need that necessarily, but that is why college is a thing. At least that's that's what makes sense to me. Now, what doesn't make sense to me about the United States system, <laughs> and again, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole. Mike thinks I'm going now. What doesn't make sense to me is why do we insist on cramming all of that learning and education into four years, uh. four to six years for somebody, right? Versus Let's say Andrew is getting ready to come out of high school. What is it this year or next year? Next year. Next year. Next year. Okay. Yep. So next year he comes out of high school. And let's say initially what he's interested in is, you know, visual design, you know, right. so, you know, creating graphics and all of this sort of stuff. Right. Well, he goes and he takes some classes for that and he learns how to do that. And then he gets a job in that space and you learn more on the job than you're ever going to learn theoretically doing it in a classroom anyway. Mm-hmm. But let's say, you know, at age 27, Andrew decides, well, you know, I really have been kind of struggling with dealing with web designers taking my elements that I create and turning that into a beautiful website. I need to know more about this. So then he goes back and he takes some more classes and kind of continues his education in the field that he's in or switches over to something entirely different. Like now he wants to, you know, learn about engineering. Well, you go learn some engineering stuff. And I'm surprised that a lot of the employers who are and I'm using air quotes because we look back on it now and it's like, were, were you really struggling <laughs> for finding people or did you just want to inflate the, the numbers so you look good to your shareholders anyways? Uh, like, why wasn't that one of the perks that they were offering? Hey, we will, we will, and maybe some of them were, we will pay for some of your education to go learn some of the skills that we need you to do. And maybe that's going to be a big perk for this AI transition is, hey, we'll pay for you to go to prompt school or whatever. Uh, to be able to learn how to interact with these chatbots so we can be more efficient. I am. So we're publishing seven days a week of content, and I don't know how much we want to get into that today, but pretty much the audio gets recorded. I go through and edit it, and then I take a transcript of the audio that's auto-generated, and I send that transcript into ChatGPT, and I say, create me the asset. Marty told me the other day, he said, hey, I want to be on YouTube. Can we be on YouTube? I'm like, well, we can. Let me see what happens if I do this. And I, I did something. He didn't like the visual way it looked because I don't have enough sight for it to make a difference to me. Uh, but he does. And so he took a look at it. And then I made some changes. And now he's at the point where he likes it. And I'm the way it sounds, it it sounds like it's something that I am happy with for right now. And so I was able to go publish that content on YouTube, but I wanted a different description. That's more specific for 
people that are looking for keywords uh, that are related to blind shell or maybe the affordable connectivity program or people looking for lower cost cell phone service or accessible cell phones. So I gave chat GPT those details and I'm, I'm using the free version. I think it's kind of funny. I was first one out the gate. They gave me access 30 minutes later. I went and bought chat GPT. Now I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to use a free one. And, and Demasi is like, Hey, I got, I got, uh, chat GPT four and and what are the two new things that just came out, Demasi? Because they're available uh, to everyone now. Stephen was talking about them today. Uh, plugin, yeah, and um, browse mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so plugins lets you connect to different things. There, there are different plugins. One that I found that I, I haven't used it yet that I'm kind of interested in is you can give it a link to a PDF file and it will you know, be able to summarize that PDF for you. Right. So that's handy. Yes. Uh, and then the web browse mode and uh, JJ actually set up one with Zapier uh, that pushed stuff into Slack. Cause you know, he, he was, he was bored. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was bored. Uh, and then browse mode means that it can go browse a URL that you give it. I believe is how that works. I have not played with that one at all. I did activate both of those. Uh, I activated plugins today. JJ said he had plugins. I was like, well, why don't I have <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I had to go turn them on. Okay. Well look there. And then, you know, Wednesday of this week, he was telling us uh, about the browse mode. And I was like, Oh, well, let me go see if I got, Oh, I got that too. Okay. We'll turn <laughs> right, that on. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, maybe that, we need to get is, into some of these chat GPT Reddit things or something. So we know about these updates. Oh man, so I gotta put dystopia on my phone because uh, I haven't yet, and uh, yeah, because that that is my Reddit <laughs> client. Like yep. I have, I I won't even look at now. I'm trying two different. Well, right now I'm trying one, and then I'm gonna probably end up switching back to the other uh, Mastodon client. But you know, only one Reddit. Ever since dystopia, you know, first hit test flight, like I haven't, and mm-hmm. I got on the test flight. Like I have not looked at any other reddit apps <laughs> but yeah I, I i wish our education system was a little bit more structured for that continuing education because you cram in a bunch of stuff for four years and then you know you move on and and i've talked to several people that went to college graduated with this degree and they're not working in the field as any way related to what they got a degree in like none i don't know uh i think my associates in psychology plays into my desire to want to talk at people, not to people, but at people. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, no, we, you would need to use that psychology to figure out why is it that you want to talk at people as opposed to people. I probably should use that psychology degree and listen to people more. And yeah, we'll see. I wanted to, I mean, we discuss Apple in general, but I want to talk about Apple a little bit this week and kind of some of the things that we've heard of that have come out. I told you explicitly, like, I want to do some Apple bashing. Um, I'm not so much in a bashing mood. I was a little pissed off when I first thought of the idea. But I'm not as annoyed at Apple, but I do feel like Apple does a few things or has done a few things that I'm not super happy about. Naturally, because this has been an extremely busy week for me, I have not done the research I wanted to do into some of those things to get the details. So, you know, anything I may say here, take it with a grain of salt because I could be slightly misinformed or information could have changed since I uh, first heard about it. But one thing that comes to mind to me that makes me a little uncomfortable, uh, I think that may be the, the thing is like Apple does some things sometimes that make me feel a little uncomfortable because they're 
major push outside of, you know, it just works, you know, all of the marketing slogans is, you know, privacy, user privacy and, and controlling your data uh, is, is one of the tent poles. I feel like Apple's entire house of money stands on mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Well, there is a, there is a, uh, there's a, 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 a bill, maybe a proposal. Uh, for a bill to become a law to deal with or a policy to deal with these uh, trackers, right? So we're talking AirTags, Tile, you know, whoever else has trackers out there are other companies uh, and the misuse of them, right? Because a lot of people, you know, have, have used trackers to track people's, you know, I know one story was people would put them, you know, on someone's car that they wanted to steal so they could find the car later when it was not in a public space that, and and then they could steal the car. Uh, Didn't see that coming. I got to admit, I'm not surprised somebody thought of that, but I didn't see that one coming. Okay. Yeah. The other one is, you know, spouses, usually uh, males, uh, using them to track their, you know, spouse slash significant other who usually in most cases has been a female, uh, whether they wanted to be tracked or not. And sometimes it was abusive situations. Sometimes it's just, you know, guys being overly jealous, whatever the situation is, but they're being used for that. So again, not a thing that I saw coming, but it's a thing. So they're trying to do, they're, they're trying to propose a policy to mitigate that kind of misuse of them uh, so that people aren't put in danger or put at risk because of the technology, which makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. However, and, and Apple, Google, I don't know who else was involved because I don't remember. And as I said previously, I didn't do any, didn't get a chance to do the research I wanted to do for this topic. But I do know that Apple and Google uh, are involved in this process primarily because their two mobile platforms are the ones that you know they would need to incorporate these sort of changes to. The high level point of it is they want to be able to. So right now with an AirTag hanging around you that's not yours, you should get an alert that there is an AirTag that is moving along with you that's not registered to your account. So you're aware that it's there. Yep. Um, they want to enhance that so that one, there's technology in the OS versus there being an app like there is on Android to track uh, Apple AirTags, but that handles Bluetooth trackers, period, Uh across the board that's in the OS and would alert you that there is a Bluetooth tracker of some sort in your vicinity and we don't have this tied to your device or it's not connected to your account or whatever the case is, right? So that you know, like, you know, Mallory stuck a towel in your back pocket uh, so she could see where you've been going when you disappear at night. So... Now you know that there's a tile on you, right? Well, a part of this process, now that that all sounds great. Like, I don't have a problem with any of that. But the problem is how do you deal with it when someone does plant a tracker on you in a truly malicious, you know, attempt uh, to follow you? Well, a part of this proposal here is to have a national registry where when you buy an AirTag or a tile, you register your name and some more information so that when, you know, Mallory on a road trip somewhere in Oregon finds that there is a, you know, so I'm using this is a very bad uh, example, but Mallory discovers that there is a tile in her truck or her Jeep, right? And she could look up and not necessarily see your info, but see that it, 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 it belongs to a person. 
However, law enforcement will be able to actually go look at the database. They will have access to this. And with a lawful warrant, I want to make sure I, I don't leave any of the important bits out. With a warrant or, or you know, lawful uh, rights to access, which typically here in the U.S. means a warrant from a judge, they could go in and say, oh, well, this is Michael Babcock's tile that's in your car, Mallory. And she was like, well, I left him three years ago. I don't know why he's following me. <laughs> and, well, I, I shouldn't laugh about that because it, it definitely could be a, a great resource, but you're going to, A, get a lot of pushback from that registry right there. That's that's the problem that I feel uncomfortable about. Uh-huh. Right? Is, 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 one, you're creating a, a centralized load. So that means if I go buy AirTags, regardless of what my intention, I just want to use the AirTags to put in my suitcase because it's yeah. going under the plane and I want to be able to know where my bag is, right? And, you know, oh, they left it in, in New Orleans. So I guess I'm not changing clothes tonight. Uh, but I would still have to register. Or I bought my inf- I bought four you, for Christmas. You, so you wouldn't you wouldn't have to do it right now with the ones that you have. It will be the next. Well, if if let's say this, so we're gonna put this in a in a in a theoretical world for real. Let's say they pass this law on June fifteenth. Yeah. Your previous, I they they didn't at least from what I've heard up to this point did not make any allowances for things purchased before. Now you need to you know uh, retroactively right. register those. But for sure, if you went and bought some on July seventh. Uh, you will have to register those, right? And now your name and, and, you know, home location, all of that information is in a database that could be looked up. Now, would you feel better, and and this is the way I would feel better, is if, because here's the problem I have. If I go buy blind child beepers and this law passes, do I have to register that? Because that's a, a, a tracker. So how is that going to be maintained? But secondly, if I bought Benjamin, or we'll use Andrew as an example, Andrew trackers for his keys for home to or for air tags, um, I could see a reason to register your name and mailing address when you activate that tag in case something is found somehow. Law enforcement could potentially return that specific tag to you. I could see the value in that, but having to register when you actually go buy the tag itself is. And are you registered every time or does it just say, hey, Demasi owns 100 air tags? That's a lot of air tags. That's a lot of air tags. You can only have, I think, 16 on your Apple mm-hmm. ID. So that would be really <laughs> expensive. Unless you were buying them as, as giveaways for listeners. No, we're not doing that. We're, we're not doing that. <laughs> but yeah, that, that would be a thing too. So my problem with this bill is first and foremost, the whole centralized or, or this proposal uh, is this whole centralized database mm-hmm. of people. Because number one, like law enforcement concerns aside, and there are some there too, but even moving those aside, our government does not have a good history of keeping a tight lock on things that other people should not be able to just freely access, right? See the personnel office hack that has dumped so many people who have or used to work for the federal government or or for companies that contracted with the federal government, their data is all on the internet. You know, there's social security number, everything Uh, more than enough, more than enough information for even the most novice of of malicious actors to, you know, uh, attempt some identity theft up under this. Right. So that's a problem. I don't like that because, you don't. you haven't proven to me that you have, you know, tight enough control over my stuff. Right. Secondarily, there's the whole law enforcement thing. Like, who knows? Again, I stress this 
from a perspective of this is always in my mind. I don't inherently assume that law enforcement people are bad. What I do assume, however, is that anybody, no matter their job, is just a human being. So there are good law enforcement officers. There are bad ones. There are good teachers. There are bad ones. There are good developers. There are bad ones. There are decent people. There are bad people, right? And sometimes those bad people have positions of authority. And then we we have seen what happens when that when when that you know when when we end up in that scenario. So there's that aspect of it, and it really stomps all over the whole privacy thing because why? Just because I per- I mean, look, if I go purchase a handgun, I have to register that handgun in the state that I'm living in. Uh, I don't have to. If I want to carry it, I have to go register it. If it's just kept in my house, I don't have to. Which means I could, in theory, own 57 guns right now and not have a single one of them registered anywhere. Couldn't carry them out of the house without going to jail, but I can have 57 guns. I do not have 57 guns. That is really excessive. That is. That is. But, yeah, I get where you're coming from. It's that privacy. Like, you just because I go right. buy air tags, why does that matter? Now, that? yeah, now, now I'm recorded in somebody else's database of you know people who own air tags, right? So, and and what access would that give a let's say not so trustworthy law enforcement person or a contractor? Again, you know, people have not proven themselves to be able to live by the principle of least privileged access to systems. So. What happens when people start digging around this database and finding people or looking for people and then now they're able to somehow track somebody who no warrant, no nothing, but they're able to track people uh, that they want to track. Right? It's like you're, you're setting it up to to make us more surveilled than less surveillance. Right. And from an Apple standpoint, that makes me feel uncomfortable that Apple would even agree to this. And they're they're on board. Like, I have not heard anything as of yet. That's why I said take. A lot of this with a larger grain of with, with a grain of salt because things could have come out that I have not had an opportunity to catch up on yet since I first heard about this. But as far as I know, this proposal for dealing with this solution was worked on between Apple and Google primarily. I'm not saying they're the only people, only companies involved, but primarily those two companies. Which means Apple has seen this. Apple may have even written some of this, but it makes me uncomfortable from the perspective of a of, of Apple. And their focus on privacy. It, it makes me a little uncomfortable about Google too, but Google's not constantly banging a drum about, you know, user privacy and protecting your data. And, you know, we're going to resist the FBI and all third party ad tracking is bad. And, you know, the, the extremes that Apple has gone to with, with their messaging, right? And it comes down to a thing that our friend Desiree talks about a lot your messaging. I feel that Apple. More than most companies, and this is not to say that other companies don't care about user privacy or security or any of that stuff, but Apple has positioned themselves through their messaging to be held to a higher standard than any other company that I can think of. Now, I feel like my bank should be held to a much higher standard than, than Apple. But just generally speaking, from marketing, from a marketing perspective, Apple has positioned themselves to be that company, the company that cares about your privacy and your security. Why would you then turn around and, from my perspective, give the government or be prepared to give the government, the the law enforcement, government agencies, you know, hackers who, you know, bad actors who just know how to work around whatever random poor security crap is in place for this database of people, 
to allow them to just have access to my information. Like that does not make me feel good as a user. And it, it to me, in a lot of ways, goes against Apple's general principles of, of what they push, not just my expectations, but what they push, right? We look at the FBI case where they refuse to circumvent their encryption of a device and make a custom. Now, some of that would have been a little, you know, difficult for them to do anyway. They could have done it, but they didn't want to because it's a lot of overhead work. But they fought back against the FBI when clearly this is a situation where I'm not saying they should have given the information over, but it's more cut. I don't say more cut and dry, but it's a little bit more black and white in that situation because one, the guy was dead. So there's that part. Uh, So you're not protecting his rights. And two, maybe there's information in his phone that would help prevent other attacks, right? Because he's apparently been, you know, networking with other like-minded individuals. Now, I agree with Apple's position because you can't just simply apply the rules to people you think are decent and, oh, well, that guy did something bad, so, you know, he don't have any rights anymore. That's not how it works in this country. So I agree with what they did with the FBI case back in 2016. Um, I, I agree with their attempts to encrypt their heart. And, and it kind of strikes me funny that at the same time, you're like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to propose a national database of people who purchase trackers so that the government for law enforcement can at any time go figure out who owns this tracker and then go lock them up or, or whatever, or issue a cease and desist. On the flip side, you're giving people the ability to entirely encrypt everything in iCloud to the point that it makes your life kind of difficult to use iCloud if you're not on a device that is, you know, a part of your usual routine. Right. There's no logging in on Windows and just going to iCloud.com anymore if you turn on full uh what is it? Mm. Advanced encryption, advanced data yeah. protection. Yeah, advanced data protection. Uh, right. So you're doing this on that hand, but then on the other side you're like, Oh yeah, but we're gonna make a national database of everybody who buys a air tag. It's like I don't I don't those two things seem at odds to me. Yeah. And I, it makes me uncomfortable. In in the current form that they are in, uh, and as Demasi has said a couple of times, there could be more information, and and hopefully there is more that we can follow up on because, like you, it's it's uncomfortable, and I hope that we'll see more of that. I think in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be very interesting. Of course, there's going to be a lot of Apple news uh, with WWDC and where things go, and I think privacy is going to be a huge thing related to like it is every year they're going to talk about how privacy is handled by the software on your device and what information is shared and and what developers have access what control to. you have over it and all of that yeah the other thing that i wanted to talk about with apple that kind of goes in this vein with their whole you know we're the company about privacy and securing your data and protecting the users is this whole push that apple has been on with third-party ad tracking, right? We're, we're all now at a point that we should be on an operating system that if you install a new app, we'll say Facebook. I'm going to pick on, I'm not really picking on Facebook. I'm just using that because I know a lot of people listening probably have installed Facebook at some point, which means you probably saw this 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 alert that pops up once it was activated in the, in the operating system. Would you like to allow this app to continue to track you or allow this app to track you across third-party apps or something along those lines, Right. And saying yes to that means that, you know, Facebook is able to use whatever tools are at their disposal to track you when you're using, you know, uh, Instagram, for example. Uh, There you go. Thank you. Uh, Whereas if you say no, they're not supposed to track you across apps, which means they're not able to build a a, a 
you know, more profile data based off you playing Dice World and also that you play, uh, you know... Uh, Candy Crush or... Yeah, you know, Candy or Crush. That you spend any time inside the A-Lady application or what you're doing in your digital life wherever Facebook may have some sort of presence. Right. So Apple made a huge deal about this. Now, this is one of those scenarios where you have to take everybody's version of this, meaning the large companies with a grain of salt, because Facebook went on this whole offensive of, of putting out news articles and op-ed pieces about how this was going to just damage and so much, you know, uh, damage to small businesses and their ability to market and advertise, et cetera, et cetera, right? Consumers Dang. experience because they can't track them and this and that. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah. Even though they didn't really care about me at all as a small business nope. trying to advertise on Facebook, right? It was all about the data they were able to collect. But, you know, nevertheless, that was their thing. Apple, on the other hand, and again, taking theirs with a grain of salt is, oh, well, you know, third-party app tracking, it's okay if it's first-party. So if I'm in the Facebook app, it's okay for Facebook to track me, which, again, makes perfect sense. But if I'm on youronpay.com and Michael has a Facebook pixel, well, that's not cool because that's Facebook gathering data from a third party, and we don't like that, right? Mm -hmm. Again, I don't necessarily disagree with that perspective. However... Apple has kind of, to me, maneuvered themselves into a situation where, okay, we, we, we've not completely killed third-party ad tracking on iOS, but we've mostly pretty much killed it. Like, it's mostly dead. Because most people, when given an option, and that's the problem, that's the thing Facebook didn't like, is if you give users an option as to whether or not you're going to track them across apps, most people are going to say no. Whether they care about it as much as I do or not, they're going to say no. Because they're like, well, no, I don't like that. That feels kind of weird. I don't Facebook like the way tracked even... me? No. They already tracked me too much. Yeah, I don't think I like this. I don't yeah. like the way it made me feel just reading this question. So, of course, no. No is the answer, right? I mean, overwhelmingly, the United States, you know, seemed to have said no to this uh, when it came up. However, Apple being a first party, oh, well, we're going to start putting ads in your maps. Mm -hmm. What the f*** do you uh -huh. mean? You're going to start putting ads in maps. When I go look for an app that I want to get, I'm going to start getting ads for those apps more prevalent too. Like, oh man, so that that that's a whole nother <laughs> thing. But like maps, though, like I'm looking for directions to get from where I am now to a different location, and you're going to show me ads based off my searches. I do not like that. That sounds like a Google thing, not an Apple thing. Like, yes. If I were to give you this story and say, "Hey, uh, company has a mapping app." And they're going to put ads in it. So let's say if you search for, you know, where's the nearest uh, firehouse subs, right? They may show you an advertisement for uh, Subway, right? If I just said that before having said anything else, you would assume I was talking about Google. Yep. I mean, like I thought Google already did that. Yep. No. Well, we're talking Apple here, right? Doesn't seem like a thing Apple should be doing. Does not at all. And then the thing you brought up, which is another whole, you know, issue that i have with what apple has been doing is this this app store ad advertising like first off the app store advertising whole model with buying ads in the app store is broken horribly there's no reason that if i search for overcast in the app store that i should see audible. some uh, right that doesn't well i kind of so audible actually makes sense because yeah, Audible does podcasts. Okay, okay, the, okay. Yes, I forgot about the podcast. I thought Audible audiobooks, and uh -huh. I was thinking if I'm searching Overcast, I want podcasts. But I forgot that Audible does podcasts too. But my Hello, issue Audible is, listeners. So, hi, Audible listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you know, one thing is like sometimes I search for Overcast may be a bad example, but I search for a specific app name, right? There, there is an app, and I wish I could remember what it was because I was going to tell you to go search for it and see if you got the same kind of crappy results I did. But I had to scroll and scroll and scroll to actually find the app that I was looking for. So search is broken in the app store and has been for a long time. Advertising is a whole nother thing. So when I search for something, you want to show me an ad that somebody paid for to go into this slot. Okay, so I search for Overcast and you show me Pocket Cast. All right, reasonable ad. Okay, gotcha. But why now do we have to put ads on the developer, on the app store page for Overcast also? Oh. And this could be any app, right? This could be any app. You can go search for Audible right now, Amazon, whatever. Open it up in the app store. So you find the app in your search results. You tap on the name. Now you're on that app page where you can, you know, get the app. You can share the app. You see the description. You can see the ratings, all of that stuff, right? Why at the, in the, you may also like section, which, hey, that you may also like has been helpful in, mm-hmm. in a lot of times in the app store because most of the apps that show up, there are usually related to the one that you're looking at, do something similar. And oftentimes, hey, the wider tech community is using this app. That app's not accessible. But looking at the you may also like section of the app store, found me another app that did the same thing that was accessible. Great. Love it. Why is there not ad there for something completely unrelated to a podcast app? Right? I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it at all. Why do you need to put an ad there in the first place, period? You're doing your own thing by saying here are some other apps that our algorithm in the app store thinks you may like based off the category and and whatever that this app falls into. Why does it have to be an ad there? I don't think that Apple is, to me, it, it, it strikes me. And the reason I have a problem with a lot of this is, one, because of Apple's positioning of themselves about privacy and, and safety and all of this stuff, right? And their pushback against Facebook, companies like Facebook and Google, and even some of the public, you know, shade I'll say they've thrown. It's not really a cheap shot. Like, you know, conversation references they've made to how other companies want to track you everywhere and, you know, do all this stuff and sell advertising to you. But now you're doing the same thing. But it's okay, right? Because, but it's a first party ad. No, it's not okay. It's not okay because I don't think you should be junking up people's developer app pages with an ad. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's okay because the ads are usually not very relevant. I also don't think it's okay because I don't think for the amount of money you charge me for these bleeping devices that you need money that bad. Right. And honestly, you charge enough money for devices and you make enough, you sell enough devices that it does not make sense to me. Why a company the size of Apple with the income of Apple needs to be scrounging for what I, taken from perspective, what I consider to be pennies. If you're in Apple's position, it's not pennies to me. Certainly ain't pennies to me. Probably wouldn't be pennies to a lot of companies, but it's pennies to Apple, right? You probably make more off of your wearables, you know, AirPods and and Beats and stuff than you're going to make off of advertising. But yet it seems to be such a major thing that they're pushing into. It makes me uncomfortable. And it brings back up something I said years ago on the DM series, which is if I really put on my tinfoil hat, I would be, uh, I would run away from Apple because so many people lean into Apple, put their data inside of their devices on Apple with the full expectation that Apple is going to protect me. Apple's going to look out for me in my best interest. Uh, and they're going to make sure that things are secure. And if there's a mistake, they're going to fix it. And, but what if Apple decides to go the other way with that? Then we're all in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, we, we do, we put our, 
whole whole lives in there. Did you set up a Hazel rule that when you downloaded something, it moves it to sync? No. Oh, okay. Because it sounded like you just added a file to sync. Or did I, you? I, I just saved it. Uh, so you just got the notification because the file finished uploading when I saved. Ah, so I when saved you save the download, uh, you're, it go, you're, I save it directly into sync. How'd you set that up? Um, because so when I, I hit the save, it just puts it in my downloads folder. Ah, so in Chrome for me, I don't have it set to choose to automatically go to downloads. I'd have to choose the folder each time. Okay, I download, so. that's kind of cool, huh? And the reason that you way, did that is because there's been a time or two where it's like the next day when uh, he has to send me when I send the file because yep. I will forget. Yep. I yep. will download it. We'll get finished recording, and then I'll walk away. And then you know, next morning, Mark's like, "Oh yeah, send, send me that file when you get a chance." I'm like, "Oh crap, yeah." <laughs> so like, it's just sitting there too. Like it's not a major hurdle to yep. move it to this folder. It's just like I just didn't. So yeah, I started doing it that way. So the worst comes to worst. The only thing I have to do is open up Sync on the computer because maybe I restarted and uh-huh. didn't relaunch Sync. But other than that, like it's it's already there. Be aware, yeah, though. I, be aware, like. As we were mentioning earlier, just be conscious of what's going on because be aware of what's going on and pay attention. And, and you know, frankly, honestly, like don't ever put your, your, your full 100% trust in any company because they're all corporations, right? And corporations, despite us assigning, you know, uh, personalities and et cetera to them, they're still companies or right? in the end of the day, they care about making money. Uh, more so than care about anything else. And I, the, the unfortunate thing to me is like, I've known this about Apple, but it's like now a lot of the moves that they seem to make right now or have been making over the past year and a half seem to be geared more towards that bottom line and making as much money as we possibly can instead of just being like, you know what, we can, we can, we can let that go. Like we don't, we don't need that. We don't need that money. It's like me and Michael have discussed before where sometimes you have to turn down a potential customer of, of ours or, you know, of, of for me or for him because you know that relationship is not going to go well or yes. you know there's going to be problems there that you don't want to deal with despite the fact that my bank account is not in the shape that I would like for it to be in. Uh-huh. I still have yep. said no at times to people because you know what? I don't need the problems. I don't need the money bad enough to deal with that sort of individual. And then you have those situations where you're like, yes, I'd love to work with you. Let's work more together because I love working with you and you're pleasant. Because you pay your invoices as soon as I send them. Yes. Yes. And you call me when I forget to send invoices. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. I like those. <laughs> I didn't get an invoice yet. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Let me let me go do that. I didn't do no, I usually, work for I usually, you. Oh. <laughs> I, I usually try to do those like once a week. So, you know, just, just sit tight. I was going to, I hadn't forgotten. I just hadn't, you know, I don't just, you know, jump in the strike. Although the CRM is going to change that a lot for me, I think, too, with the ability to just send the invoice like right off the fly without. Oh, man. If I get my plans working, I'm using the CRM to learn programming. I will state it here on the show now because I think everything I would want to do, and we've talked about this several times. If we actually want to learn something, we need to have a problem to solve. I I like the way that Allison explains that because learning the basics to me is okay. I've read plenty of books where I, you, I can define the basics enough to make sense to tell you what a Boolean is or a variable is. And, and I know those terms, but I haven't actually had a had a problem to solve. And to me, I want to be able to access customer transactions at my fingertips. So I'm thinking it'd be kind of nice to have something that either tied into LaunchBar 
or could be triggered probably with keyboard maestro that could allow me to type in someone's name and then voiceover speak that person's name. I hit enter and then I can get whatever data I need uh, about that information or add any data to that person's record. And here's why I reintroduced you to someone yesterday. No, this morning Today because this morning. Yeah. yeah, because I was going through email and this person and I were talking about you yesterday in a meeting that she's paying me to coach her through. And I dropped the ball in making sure that the two of you got connected uh, because it's, it's been a couple of weeks. I guess it's not been horribly long since we originally introduced. But the fact is, I, I'd like to have a system in place to say, hey, you know, let's, let's make sure that that relationship got started. Or another thing for me is, and we joked about it kind of, but I did actually have a customer call me and he said, hey, I never got an invoice from you. There's no reason that should have happened, except for the fact that honestly, I'm, I get busy doing other things I actually enjoy and can see immediate results for, though the money coming in, I can see immediate results for, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to explain that because I was going to make the excuse that I enjoy doing what I like audio editing over sending invoices and I see immediate results. But when I send an invoice, I see immediate results too. So maybe I got to mentally break that one down or figure something out there. But if I can automate it and make it easier, then well, there, there's, I'll do it. There's a part of that that's friction too, because you got to go into, you know, Stripe or PayPal and, yep. you know, create the invoice and do all of that. And that process is different depending on the platform. And right now I'm using both platforms. Uh-huh. It's different depending on the platform and it's different depending on, you know, exactly what you're, you know, who you're invoicing and how you're setting that up too. Like oftentimes for me, it's, it's, you know, I have to go, I'll do it. It's just, I'm not going to get to it instantly. Yeah. Whereas I think with the CRM from what I'm discovering is like, one is really nice having something like that too. Like that, that dream that you shared, you know, a couple of years ago, like I just go into payo media and there's my dashboard and I can see everything going on in my business. Like that is going to be a thing that's going to get made. Uh, because I like the ability to jump in and see what's going on or start here. And then anything related to my business is, you know, in here at my fingertips uh, for me to, you know, if I need to send an invoice or check on the status of invoices or see if a customer has done a thing that I needed them to do before I can move on or even, you know, Hey, where, where's new business coming in at Who, who's, yeah. you know, applying for things, who's doing this and adding on to that, you know, adding on additional pieces that make sense for me, or like you said, make sense for you, you know, being able to extend that dashboard to where I need it to be is, is, is going to be honestly pretty amazing um, for me, because a lot of times I just lose track of conversation. Like uh -huh. email for me is a thing I have to fix. Like I have to, fi I've I got 5,000 unread emails in my inbox right now. Yeah, and people wonder why I don't get back to <laughs> yeah so one thing that i am going to for sure implement and i played around with it long enough to feel like okay i know how this works i i see the value in it and i even see the value in spending a little money on some some of the extensions for uh help scout because i don't want to go pay for like zendesk or something like that that's crazy yeah i mean it's not crazy necessarily but for me i don't think for one sense. person with the for volume one person that you get with the volume that i'm doing you're like still gonna zendesk. have to process the six thousand nine hundred and sixty two in in your inbox i just went and looked at the actual number <laughs> uh but for me i'm gonna i'm gonna deploy help scout as a as a help desk solution 
in all future emails, like there's going to be a cutoff date. I don't know when that date is going to be yet because I got other things to get off my plate. But as soon as I reset this up, um, there's going to be a cutoff date where every future email you're emailing to is going to go into Zendesk. I mean, not Zendesk, Free Scout. Free Scout, yeah. And the reason for that is because that gives me one location to go look where either this is this is going to be one of two things. It's going to be spam because that support email address is out there publicly or it's going to be a potential customer or an actual customer. And I don't care. I'm not going to be seeing, you know, newsletters and woot. We want you to have a great day. So here's some deals <laughs> and, you know, AWS this and you know, come to our and, summit that you'll never make it to because it's right? in a different country. Cause it's in freaking yeah, right. <laughs> like do your last day for Amazon. a discount for this. Amazon. You're what? not you selling doing? me on your email marketing services. Just so you know, if you can't target me, I'm, uh, you know, oh, you should know. I have, I guarantee you're doing some cross app uh, tracking and you know, I've never been to Europe. Right. Right. I don't even have an actual valid passport at the moment, but me you neither. want to tell me here, here's, Here's your last chance for a discount on, on it's like, but I'm not going there. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so that, that, that's, that's all going to be good. But as I was saying, like, don't, don't ever put all your trust in one company, protect yourself. One thing I'm starting to do is, uh, getting back on using Android a little bit just to, you know, cause I need to. Yes. And, you know, I don't know that I'm going to do anything about it right now, but I'm the sort of person that as soon as something starts to make me feel a little uncomfortable, I start looking for my way out. Mm. So one thing I've been doing is is paying more attention to people when they talk about earbuds, like the Sony, you know, whatever random gibberish <laughs> string that they generated from one password for the model uh, earbuds, right? They seem to have a pair that kind of mimic the functionality of the AirPod Pros or the Beats Fit, Beat Fits Pros. Beats Fit Pros? Yeah, I think that's how you say that. Uh, that I have. Which for me, honestly, is is a very small subset of things. Like I, I like the ear detection, so when I take the earbud out of my ear, you stop playing audio. I like that. That That is a, to me, a necessary feature for any, any headphones that cost over 100 bucks. Like, you gotta do that. So these new Beat Pluses Apple just released, nope not doing it um the other thing i like is the transparency mode that apple has uh these i know sony has a pair that does this uh they also have the active noise cancel and most of this stuff tends to trickle out to 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 other companies right so sony has these uh, i think the samsung buds do this i think the pro version of the pixel buds have all these features so there are options out there for me for headphones so i'm not stuck in you know apple's environment uh, necessarily, if I have to make a run for it, now, I may not have to. I may be over totally overreacting. You know, Mike is going to play this in in a year somewhere and be like, "Well, see, 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 <laughs> see." The they had they had a a they, they had a strategic plan. You should have just, just waited to talk about this until WWDC. Until yeah, but no, you had to go all run off and yep. you know, tell a whole bunch of stuff, and then now look, see, look, yeah, hey, yeah. it's fine. Maybe maybe it maybe it won't even be a year, Demasi. It's just going to be a couple of weeks. It might just be a couple of weeks. You know? like, oh, actually, Whatever, I'm too lazy to, to go back and look for it. <laughs> Although with uh, transcripts, with transcripts, I can search it. Well, see, with transcripts, you can search it. That's, yeah. There's that. There's yeah. that aspect right there. Uh, but yeah, so just, just, just a few things to be, you know, somewhat aware of. I'm excited for WWDC this year. I, I think there's, I think there's uh, a lot that we haven't heard about or that hasn't been leaked 
uh, that's going to be surprising. Like there's expectations, but there's no foreknowledge for me at least about anything other than, you know, we'll see new versions of the operating systems. Of course, uh, we expect there to be expectations are they're going to announce the headset or glasses or whatever it is they're making for VR slash AR, wh- wh- whatever they're doing in the reality space. They, they should announce that this year at WWDC. I still at this moment, uh, this is a topic pulling up from the DM series uh, <laughs> to do his list. How did you feel about this? Like the, 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 so right now we seem to be getting mixed I would say information from from rumors. Some people say, "Oh, this first thing is going to be a VR, virtual reality," mm-hmm. which means you put it on and you're in immersed in this space, but it's not overlaid on the world. Right? You Some can't people see say, the Apple, outside world. It's what what is programmed into that reality. Right. Some people are, and Apple's moves. A lot of their moves seem to lean more towards augmented reality, where we're going to be overlaying things in the real world using this headset but also giving you digital you know overlaying digital stuff on the real world so if you think pokemon go for anybody listening that has played that or or, or is familiar with that game yeah or heard about it enough from people who do play it right that was a good example of actually augmented reality and i've been i just imagine how great or how many people we would have lost if they had glasses that they just put on and walk around and catch their pokemon like i probably wouldn't have seen tia for i don't know until their batteries died or something. Yeah, the, the 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 boys would have been gone. They would have not come back. But you know, it's how I feel about it. Is I think everyone is focused on AI, AI this, AI that, AI whatever. How can AR and AI work together to provide a augmented life experience? I don't know what that term is, but I'm thinking about it this way. For example, let's say that because Apple has your data, we go back to that, that big word, the, the, the D word, and they know where you are in space, and they're able to see which way your head is pointed in relation to the direction that your phone is. Though they don't have a camera, are they able to use AI to capture a earth view of where you are in space and provide you the details of what stores may be in that direction and then use the data provided by your phone and tell you, you know, move 10 feet to your right. Use LIDAR with door detection to say, nope, it's the next door and use all that data that's available to you and help you with that last 10 feet. And again, we go back to what happens to all of this data and how does all this data play together? Now, what I think would be awesome, they won't do it, but we know that this headset thing, and that's why I'm excited about it, is that type of, of potential. With this headset thing, it's going to be over three grand. I cannot justify that right this Is minute. it, though? Is it, though? True. Like, um, I, I, I still, and I, I'm dropping in a reminder here for people. When the iPad was being rumored that Apple was making a tablet, everybody said it's going to be a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars. Just that's all you heard was a thousand dollars. Josh comes out and it's on sale today, and it starts at four ninety nine. And people, go, oh my god! And then it was sold out. <laughs> huh? Yep, it was instantly sold out. Right? Like it was going. Like I, I sort of wonder if that is going. Going. I'm not saying that it won't be three thousand dollars. The rumors and and the reasoning behind it makes sense for it to cost that much. 
because it's an early developer kit, basically. It's not even really meant for everybody to go out and yeah. buy one right now. This is meant for developers and enthusiasts that are going to give Apple feedback. Like Developers mostly, and Apple also being aware that you know they're Apple, they're going to get some enthusiasts who are going to also get it. Definitely. And you, if you want to sponsor Technically Working, for one of us to pick one up, if it does become a reality and share uh-huh. our findings. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, you know, I, I don't, I can't justify three grand for it. No. I don't know what it would do for me right now. I am excited about the future of the technology, but I'm not as excited or I'm not as anxious. I'll say that I am excited to see what they're going to announce and what's going to be different to hear what other people that have tried other VR, you know, headsets, uh, what their feedback and what their thoughts are on what Apple has released because they have some experience in this space with using those sorts of devices. I don't yet at the moment feel like there's going to be anything there for me that's going to be like, oh, I really wish I had three grand. I mean, I'm going to spend two grand in a minute on phones. And I uh, <laughs> just said, damn it. Because I was like, Mike, just reminded me why I have actually need to upgrade my phone this year. LiDAR. <laughs> oh, yes. man. Yes. But I do need the LiDAR. I yeah, do. I need to play right. with LiDAR. I haven't yet. That's I have a 12 Pro in a dresser drawer that I might get out, but... That is something I haven't played with, and there's a oh, lot well, of see, potential. Mike's hanging around with a 12 Pro. Look at here. Oh. <laughs> LiDAR really has me excited, so I'm going to have to play with that a little bit. Demasi, I sent you a link yesterday. Do you remember getting that? Uh, possibly. You sent see? me a lot of links, Mike. See? I send you a lot of links. No, so uh, I got a phone, well, text message from someone that said, congratulations. And I'm like, oh, what oh, are you talking yeah. about? And he's like, you must not have read Top Tech Tidbits yet. And I'm like, nope, sure haven't yet. That's what happens is that is usually the number one thing I read on Thursdays because I get my notes into Kelly and Romeo for Monday's show, which Today is family day in Canada, so happy family day to you if you are in Canada and or celebrate it. And so I didn't do that, though, because I'm like, oh, I don't need to get notes in this week, so I will get to that later. And apparently there was some awards that were handed out, and uh, I was one of the recipients of it, and I appreciate everyone who has given feedback and, and shared thoughts about about the knowledge and the abilities that I have. So thank you to everyone who wanted to mention that. And then I just yeah, randomly I, sent it to Mossy. I, I don't think I said anything. I was just, here you go, which is normal for us. Well, so you, you sent me the link and you were like, take a look at number five. And I was like, oh. okay. Uh, then I went and looked and I was like, oh, look. Oh, Michael. Okay. All right. <laughs> so yeah, man, congratulations. That That is a big, I didn't even, but I haven't been keeping up on top tech tidbits. So uh, I wasn't even aware that this contest was was going on. This nomination thing was going on. But yeah, man, congratulations. And you got right in the middle of a list of, honestly, a lot of people that I would follow uh, yeah. or, or do follow or do read their stuff. So uh, I thought that was great. And I think relationships are uh, essential. I will start with that and we'll see where things go in the next couple of months because, yeah, fun times. So thanks. So, one place I want to go is unmute is, is a, a lot of stuff is going on with unmute, the unmute presents uh podcast, but you guys have, have had some guests recently and you have some more coming up. So you want to share with people like, you know, who, who's, who's dropping in on the show to have conversation. I know there's one episode. I think a lot of people might be interested in uh, with the guy from 
that one out that I Speech can't remember. Central. There we go. Yeah, so that actually dropped yesterday in relation to when you are hearing this podcast. So it's coming out Sunday for your reference, Demasi. Ah. Because we dropped a Blindshell episode on Thursday, which was related to the latest firmware update providing Bluetooth keyboard support and the ability to set up your battery alert on the blind shell so when you press and hold the back button it'll give you the notifications time and then battery and then um we have allison from Podfeet coming on and i believe she's going to drop not this following thursday but the week after the first thursday of june because this thursday demasi and i are going to sit down and talk security and neither of us have any clue about what we're talking about at least I don't think, as of the time of recording, which is six days oh. before it goes live. So just wanted to throw that out there in case Tomasi had a thought about that. Put me on the spot about telling, me, telling people what's coming up on Unmute. <laughs> and you can get con- all of that content. Check out some of the other stuff. And this is this content uh, technically working. It's also going to go into the Unmute feed. Uh, if you search for unmute, what's what you're going to find is all of the content that we're publishing. So right now we have uh, episodes coming out seven days a week, which is intense to think about. Mondays is going to be technically working. Tuesdays is going to be uh, our live call that we have. Wednesdays is a, the shell phone show. Thursdays is going to be a more in-depth topic. Friday is three stories that Lynn and Marty sit down and talk about. Saturday will be the replay of the iAccessibility um, podcast, so you can get it from the unmute feed if you want. And then Sunday is going to be our teach you something in a short period of time on technology, not specifically Mac or Windows or Blindshell or anything like that. And uh, I'm fully excited about this because it's transitioning things into a place where Demasi saw me going, and I think I partially seen me going, but I didn't realize things until I've had some conversations. And uh, there will be more to come about this adventure that we'll be definitely be sharing um, here in the next couple of weeks, I think, as well. And uh, so that's what we've been doing for Unmute right now. And I kind of hesitate because I feel like there was a question there. Or did I answer it? No, you answered it. It was okay. more or less like, what's been going on? Like, who's been there on? There was what something I wanted to mention, though. Um, Demasi, I forwarded you an email Sunday night or Monday morning that was 100% out of left field, unexpected. And you and I both need to follow up with this individual. But I think we should thank them and let others know how they can support as well. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, well, so Demasi doesn't know, and for you listener who I have not emailed, who has a hey.com email, we appreciate Ah. your subscription uh, that you decided to make to the podcast. There is a tip jar on the podcast page that you can get to if you click on any of the links that you find on social media, or you go to yourownpay.com slash TW. And when you are there, you can click on the link and then click on the tip jar and pick how much you want to support your favorite show. So where I was going with that is now you know what type of content we're producing with Unmute. And if you want to get all of the Unmute content, uh, you can subscribe to Unmute and um, get that content in your feed. Or if you just want to get technically working or you just want to get the Tuesday calls, we are working on breaking those out into their own feeds. 
if that's something you're interested in and a couple other things that is super exciting coming down the road. So stay tuned. And sorry to put you on the spot, Tomasi. It's not that oh. Tomasi doesn't care. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's Mike sent me a couple of emails and I was like, what? what more? Yeah. So thanks to that user with the hey.com email or that listener with the hey.com email address. First, you're the first person I've ever seen in the wild with a hey.com email address. So I thought that was cool and I uh, appreciate your support. And we'll send you an I email should. before this episode goes live with an early link to it. So that's one of your perks. There you go. That there And then that commits go. me to get it edited for Monday morning. <laughs> we are thinking about, you know, we, we are, you know, planning for sure to have a, a, a you know, more fully featured membership uh, situation in the future. Uh, curious what listeners that would pay for a membership or join a membership program what what type of perks would you like to have in addition to you know early access to the show we, we've been thinking about a community space so a discord server or a discourse you know forum instance or, or something we have not decided so if you have any feedback on that tw at your own pay.com or listen to the end and reach out to us on mastodon which uh i'm around there i'm there i don't always say stuff you can use hashtag technically working if you want to find, to, to share your feedback. Cause I need to start following that. And that kind of works. I've been using that when I promote, when I promote. Ah, something. Okay. Good deal. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing that I needed to do too. What I need to do with Mastodon is, you know, start searching those hashtags and saving them and, and yeah. using those a little bit more and start incorporating those in some of the automation things that we've talked about planning out uh, for the future of this overall venture. Yeah, let us know what you would like to see or what would be valuable to you as a member, you know, any sort of perk that would make you feel like, oh, well, sure, I can give you five bucks a month or, you know, 10 bucks a month or whatever uh, for that perk. We're just, you know, filling out the things. Uh, Discord, a lot of people are doing Discord. Uh, we've thought about it. We may ultimately end up doing one anyway. Uh, but curious to hear what, what listeners would like to see because, go ahead. And one thing that I will say, and when people start talking memberships and, you know, different perks, nothing of what you're currently getting now will go away. I think we're just looking for ways to enhance the experience for people who want to support people and especially people who want to support content creators that you get value from, because I think there's a lot of value in the content space that people either a don't know about or b get and don't realize you know i'm thinking of certain people who i walk them through doing the same thing five or six times a month and it's not that they don't understand it because you can you can observe them grasping the concepts but they need someone there to help them so they feel confident with being able to do it. And I think there's a lot of content out there that can be there to create, to help people. And, you know, things like AI is just going to help us be in more different places. So, Yeah, there's that. Uh, nope, nothing. You're not going to lose anything from the current show that you get now if you don't support us. It's just perks because, listen, I mean, getting down to bare fast because this is technically working. So listen, if you've never run a podcast or never hosted a website, there are costs associated with such things. Uh, I have small children. So, you know, the school has always got their hand in my pocket for some. Field day was today. Hey, guess how much money I spent on field day? 
50 bucks now, huh? Oh, man. Listen, it was more than it cost to host your own pay.com every month. I'll say that. Hey, wow. If I, if I had to break this down, like it cost me less money to host that website than it did for me to pay for field. I believe it. I believe it. That doesn't count the graduation for kindergartners or the yearbooks either or the yearbooks or the pictures or, you know, mm-hmm. none of that other stuff, you know, the book fair, none of that. We're just talking field day. That was today. Uh, what a bouncy house and snow cones. <laughs> so the membership for us is a way to offset some of those costs. You know, ideally we, we would be able to cover our costs of doing the show. Uh, also memberships, you know, if they grow, grow as we would like to see them grow along with the listenership, uh, allows us to go invest more money into some things that maybe we want to try or that our audience would be interested in hearing us try out or explore and then come back and explain to you how this worked. Like, you know, I mean, I would love to go out and buy I can't think of anything right now. Uh, I would love to go out and try the Envision glasses. It's been something that's been on my radar that, honestly, I should reach out to them and see if they can send a demo unit. Not not to to say, hey, cool, look, this person will send me a demo unit, but to say, hey, I reached out to them with the possibility that they'll say no, but maybe they said yes. But that's something that would be kind of cool to just try out or this ARX glass uh, headset thing or... Or the Sony X7 3514 Pluto. Or Don, anything with Dante audio. Because I, I, oh man, I really want to love Dante. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that we could try out. You know, getting more hands-on with Zoom ISO. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are going, there's a beta out for Zoom ISO, by the way. Mm. So you do kind of get free access to it while it's in beta, if you're on the beta. Uh, so may, now may be the time to go mess with it. Travel, travel, uh, travel. Travel. Mallory brought up a good point. She said, you know, we need to go do something that's just us because we really haven't. I mean, we have gone and did something and, you know, it's, you you got to you gotta get away every once in a while. You do have to get away every Can't once in a while. Uh, you do have to get away every once in a while. So I'm still planning a, a big trip with Airbnb and all of that for next summer. Okay. Uh, Still planning to do that this summer outside of we'll me do it traveling. before convention or after. 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 Yeah, after. After. There yeah. we go. We could invite Here's JJ if you want. Uh, and depending on how, how everything works out, maybe I fly straight from convention next year right. to, you know, the Airbnb. And it's like, all right, I'm done. There you go. There you go. Or this. Yeah. This year, I am going to take the kids up when I get back from Houston uh, sometime. So sometime in July, I'm going to take the kids up for a weekend in uh, Birmingham. Well, at least a night in Birmingham. So we'll go up like on a Friday, um, Friday night, go watch a movie that Friday night. Uh, try to get into the IMAX theater and watch a movie at the IMAX theater. Then that Saturday, take them to the uh, the science museum that, that Lincoln uh, went to a couple of months ago. Uh, that that wasn't a free trip either. It cost me 30 bucks, <laughs> but whatever. Because uh, Mia didn't get to go uh, because she was sick. Mm-hmm. And because uh, what we were going to do was take her out of school and just let her come along with us. Uh, that's when I was planning to go. And I think I was like, no, nah, I'm not going because. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, at first she had testing and then she ended up getting sick and not going anywhere and staying home anyway. So, but yeah, I'm going to take them up and do that. But it is important. I think that's an important thing that we, we don't often 
reference enough is that it is important to take breaks from what you do, whether it's a, you know, day. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I will take a day off. Sometimes it's not planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I end up having to take a day off because I'll have to, you know, go deal with some family situation or some, some personal in the morning. And by the time that's done, it's like, you know what? I'm just done for the uh-huh. day. Like I'm done. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it helps. Like it, 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 you have to get into a mental space to where you're able to do that because you don't want to take that day off and you're constantly being nagged in the back of your brain. By, oh yeah, but you didn't do this and you didn't update that site and you didn't deploy this and you didn't look into that. And like, no, you just want to be able to freely walk away and have a, have a decent day and come back. And one of the beauties of working for myself is I don't have to have a fixed schedule. Uh, you know, like Lincoln's got a thing going on Tuesday of next week, uh, his graduation from kindergarten. I was not going to take the whole day, but I'll go up there. I'll do that. I'll come back home. I'll probably take Tia out to lunch or go buy lunch or something. Nope. No, I won't. Food is expensive. Never mind. I'm lying. Forget <laughs> all of that. I'll buy the kids a pizza because Lincoln just had his graduation. You I'll can, buy them you a can, pizza. You can buy a McDonald's. Afternoon. Buy a McDonald's and think about Stephen while you're eating it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> See, he's he's got it. He goes to McDonald's and KFC. He keeps his food. I can't say cheap anymore, though. Unfortunately, that's the thing, right? That's my whole point. Like, I wasn't going to like you know some super five star right. restaurant. Okay. I was just thinking I about going to yeah. get it, but it's like food yeah. really ain't that cheap no, anymore. Man. It's not <laughs> <You> gotta... <laughs> easily fifty bucks for two people. Easily. Oh man! So I made the mistake of feeding the kids Pizza Hut about two weeks ago, and <laughs> um, man. Like, why, why, why did I do it? <sighs> that Pizza Hut was, and I had to do, I think, I think we used Uber Eats because I think Tia had a credit on Uber Eats or something. Uh-huh. Uh, because we live outside of the range of where Pizza Hut will deliver. Like, we're, st- and we're not even like in the county area of Tuscaloosa. Like, we're in the city, like yeah. easily in the city. We're not even, it's just, I don't think they like our side of town is what I think the problem is. <laughs> but <laughs> Uber brought our pizza. Hmm. Man, they ate a whole freaking cheese pizza at one time. I was like, man, I should have bought them a large. <laughs> uh, now, I also ate pizza that day, uh, ah. which is a rare occasion. Yeah. Like I told Tia, like, well, that's probably the last time I'm going to eat pizza for a long time, too. Not because of the cost, just like, you know, I'm getting older and heartburned that that crap. I could, I told her, I was like, mm, yep, so that heartburn thing is a real thing, like heartburn. <laughs> she was like, you want one of these? And I was like, yep, I will take one of those because uh, this heartburn is going to be serious. So I don't eat a lot of pizza for that reason, uh, but I'll probably get the kids a pizza on Tuesday. Uh, but I, I have found, and this is one thing that I've been doing of late, uh, some sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously, but trying to just go spend more time with them and stepping away from the computer, getting away from the work. Like, you know, it's not like, oh, I took the iPad in here in the living room and I'm sitting here, but I'm also researching stuff mm-hmm. on the iPad. No, like I'm, I'm present. I'm here. Uh, because listen, like there, there's, there's only so much time you got on earth and you got to make sure you spend it in a reasonable way and you can't spend all of it working. Like that's just not. Why? Why would you want wise. to? I mean, why would you want to? But even even if you wanted to, like, you need to step away. Like, there are often times that I will step away from something when there is an issue on the table. Like, I need to solve this problem. But no, I'm walking away today. I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't. It's not that I don't care, but I gotta leave it alone. And you know what? In the middle of the night, middle of the day, like, oh, right, boom! I just figured out the solution. Uh-huh. 
All right. Put that in draft so I don't forget and go on with my day because I don't have to go do anything about it right now. So we will follow up about how this WordPress dashboard for our business is going with the CRM because I am seeing it come together. And I think situations like what we talked about where you need to step away can be possible when uh, we have systems in place to make things easier. We're also going to uh, probably keep our content under an hour and uh, see how that goes or around an hour. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. see. I do have to follow up on one thing that I was talking about. So last week I mentioned I had wiped my phone. Uh I actually didn't get to mention this in the show. I don't think that I, so one experiment I'm doing since I completely wiped my phone and did not restore from a backup is I am trying more stock apps before just jumping to my usual third parties. Now, not everything made that cut. For example, I'm not using notes. Uh, still using drafts because that's the quickest way to get, it's still the quickest way to get information in anywhere that I found. But for example, I am right now using the Apple Calendar app. Okay. Now, it it's okay. It works. I, I like their widgets. I, I will say this, that like the Apple, and this has been the case, I think, the entire time, but the Apple Watch, for example, and probably with widgets as well, Apple's default apps will update much more routinely than a third-party app will. Uh, on the watch, I'm currently using the Siri face, so I'm, I'm toying around with that. I haven't built out a, another face yet. I can already tell you where Apple Calendar fall, falls down for me, which is uh, entry, like entering an event. And I have not tried Siri because that, that's what Mike is going to say. Uh, mm-hmm. But getting an appointment added is, is of course, a, a fall down. I'm still using Fantascal on the Mac, so I still add events from the Mac, and I just use that calendar to view couple of observations on the calendar app from Apple. You have the ability to customize which calendars are shown based off of a, uh, I mean, you can customize them in general, but you can also have that custom list of calendars that's displayed change with the changing of a focus mode. They do not have that simple capability of calendar sets that are in fantastic out however where i can say here's my bedrock calendar set here's my at guys calendar set here's my personal calendar set and just switch between those whenever right mm-hmm. i don't have to go in if i'm just no focus mode controlling this at all with apple calendar i would have to go in and say oh, okay i need to see what's going on on at guys so let me activate that calendar right now uh so no calendar sets that's 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 a sort of letdown uh i have added a medium-sized widget to my home screen. I think before I wiped the phone, I had put a large widget and I was like, I kind of like having the large <laughs> widget up there. The medium widget gives me a little bit more space for apps on the home screen, but still gives me most, you know, decent information right now. I have calendar there. One thing that occurred to me with Fantastical that is not possible with the calendar app is I could see my calendar events and to-do list tasks on one widget. Ah. So that's going to be another thing that pushes me back to Fantasca. But it's been interesting. Uh, I don't have a lot installed. Uh, still using a lot of stock. Still using Overcast. I have not switched to anything else. Uh, right now, I'm just running, what is the Mastodon app? I'm using Ivory. Mm-hmm. I can tell you Ivory's not going to stick for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can tell, And I can tell you why right now, and maybe somebody has some ideas is using it, but one problem I have is there was a conversation thread that I got added to uh, by Michael, which is fine. 
But in order for me to see that full conversation, so I couldn't tap on the notification when, let's say, Michael Doys replied to one of the comments. Uh, I could tap on it and see Michael's response, but I did not see an easy way to view the entire conversation. Ah. And that is a thing I know I can do in Mona or I know how to do it in Mona because I've done it. And it just was not, again, not saying that Ivory does not offer this capability. But other than me going to my mentions tab in Ivory, I wasn't able to just follow that whole conversation to see, okay, well, you know, Michael Doys opened it up with this. Michael said this and added these people to the conversation. Then this person said it. Like, I wasn't able to just track it that way. Where where you can in Mona, it just drops you where where you are in that conversation. You can just flick back to read the previous message. Read the pre- right. forward to keep reading what's in there. Uh-huh. And to See, me, that's, that's, that's was, how it should work. That's how it should work. And that's how I expected it to work with Ivory. And I was like, well, that doesn't work this way. So I, I don't I don't know what to do here. So that's another, for me at least, thing that, you know, kind of dings Ivory. Customized tabs. <laughs> they actually, I think they actually have customized tabs in Ivory. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I haven't explored them because yeah. I don't know what I need to save yet, but I'm I'm just looking at it from the perspective of, okay, they've got actions in some places. They got some things. But again, I would say it is the difference in using Spring versus Twitterific in a lot of ways mm. uh, for Twitter. You know, Twitterific, you could do some customizations here and there, but, you know, it, it was it was a Twitter app and it was going to show you things this way where a Spring is like, oh, well, you don't want to see this kind of message? You can mute those. Yep. Uh, I have all of my reboots muted on the phone because if I'm on the computer, I have a little more time to just casually look in a lot of times on the phone. I just want to know what's going on. And so you can set those up differently using Mona. So I have two different views, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, if you look someone's profile up in Mona and then you jump into Mona again a little bit later on and you don't hit that back button, but you hit command in. You will send a message, well, a mention to that person because Mona thinks you're wanting to send a new message or a new toot to the person whose profile you have up. So hit the back button and that'll stop that from happening. (laughs) That is a lesson to myself that I wish I would have known two days ago when all my boosts were going to one person. Hey, they finally started to follow me. Totally not intentional, but I'm like, why is it? And then you can, uh, so with Mona, there's an interesting thing that you can do, which I think this is, I don't know how it works. I think I do. So what you can do is you can delete your post. You can edit your post, but you can also delete and edit your post. And at first I'm like, why would I want to delete and edit my post? That doesn't make any sense. But what happens is it deletes the post and then it copies the text of the post into an edit field so you can edit the post and take out the person that you accidentally mentioned because you were looking at their profile and then repost that post with a new time so that way it looks like a new post. So if you're ever curious why you might want to do that, that can be helpful. And then anyone who's boosted that original post um, would have to reboost it. I don't know exactly how... Mastodon handles deleted or edited boosts, which was always a concern for Twitter. That was, hey, if so-and-so boosts this post and then the original poster edits it, maybe someone who boosted that doesn't agree with how it was edited. So I don't know how those look on Mastodon. I've seen an edited post. I haven't seen a deleted post. 
situation in Ivory. Uh, so Michael Doys edited his post, and I was able to. I didn't actually go do this, but I could see the way to go back and like look at what he originally wrote is what it looked like it would show me. Uh, Makes sense. Versus, so yeah, Ma- Mastodon is a. It's a thing. It's out there. I don't think this one is going to fall apart like uh, (laughs) app.net. And on that note, how can they find us on Mastodon, Demasi? Go to michael.yourownpay.com and that will redirect you to Michael on Mastodon. And please use that link. Just saying. Use that link is what I would advise you to do. Yeah, Uh, That's why I made them. Because my advice, look, I was thinking in the future, right? I was thinking about future you. Go to michael.youronpay.com. That'll find Michael. Go to Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E, .youronpay.com. And that will take you to where I am on Mastodon. Wherever in the world that happens to be, you will get there. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, you can email us if you want, tw at youronpay.com. I think that's about the only ways you can get a hold of us at the moment. Yeah, you can show your support with tips if you would like, and there's directions for doing that at yourownpay.com slash TW. Just choose the episode itself. If you got value, don't forget to check out Unmute in your favorite podcast platform, and we need to figure out sign-offs like other professional podcast hosts have no, marty don't. says we'll see you next time and then it's uh, funny when i say that to him because he starts to laugh about it <laughs>